Hey guys, what's up? We're back. A new week, a new podcast. This week, I have Hi, I'm Ghost joining me on the Lizzie Jane podcast. If you are familiar with bass music, dubstep, EDM in general, you definitely know who Hi, I'm Ghost is, especially after their hit single, Death Rail, in 2019. This year, they have been taking the touring circuit by storm. Hi, I'm Ghost is actually a duo. You have Nathan, who does full-time touring and also works on the music. And then you have Tiago, which really works on the branding side of things, a lot of the production. It was super awesome to speak to them about their dynamic as a duo, how it feeds into touring versus working on music versus staying creative, staying innovative, and staying fresh. You've recently seen Hi, I'm Ghost on lineups everywhere with Excision. They are doing their headline tour that was rescheduled because of COVID. They're hitting all the cities now, selling out massive shows. So happy for the both of them. They have worked their fucking asses off and it's so cool to see them shine. Um, was great to talk to Nathan. Don't forget, you get this episode ad-free only on my lovely Patreon. I do one-on-one lessons. We do sample packs, tutorials. Make sure to go over my Patreon and check that out. But the best thing you can do if you like the podcast, you're learning stuff from the podcast, you enjoy listening to some of your favorite artists speak shop and their skill set and advice for up and comers is just share the podcast. Tag me, tag the podcast, tag the artists who we're featuring for the week and just spread the word because that's the most that you can do. Don't forget to join the Discord as well. Always linked in the description of the shows where you can get exclusive access, stuff with my Patreon. We have a great little growing group there that we talk about the podcast guests all the time. You can ask some questions to future guests coming on and much more. Um, yeah, I hope you guys have been having a killer week. This was an awesome, quick little podcast. Hi, I'm Ghost, Lizzie Jane, new podcast. Let's go. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E-Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code LizzieJane for 10% off any order. All right, Nathan. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad we finally got to make this happen. I know. We've been trying to do it for forever. Like almost a year later, Forbidden Kingdom. 100%. Coming around again. We were just talking about how fucking hot that was. It was stupid hot. Yeah. Um, Florida, there's a reason why I moved here. Well, yes. I'll just put that out there. You're here on tour. Yep. First headlining tour? E- e- no. 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 Okay. We did have one headlining tour, but it got canceled two days in because of COVID. Oh. That yeah. yeah. That <laughs> I feel like so the, the much. First, the first yeah. headline tour that's actually happened. Which is which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that as an artist you fight to build that momentum to be yeah. able to do yeah. something like that. Yeah. And you're playing like big rooms. Yes, which is awesome. It's been great. Which is amazing. And you yeah. have YDG as support, which uh, is WID. Or WID, WID, WID as support. Wid, wid. And 
that's like super sick that you're bringing along people as well. It's not just it's yeah. not just locals. Mm-hmm. And tonight you're playing at Club Vinyl. Yes, for uh, bass ops, which is amazing. I've heard it's in the basement and fucking wild. Yeah, so. I've never played there before, but I flew out here a few months ago to see Wales play there. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and so it was a great time when I saw her play there. Yeah, so I'm excited. It's gonna be great. I know, yeah. like a lot of. Local artists in the scene are definitely coming out, like mm-hmm. High Zombie, like all those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming out tonight. So it should be a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, just going back, I know there's two of you yes. in High End Ghost. Yes. There's a lot of duo acts that I think about, like Barely Alive, mm-hmm. like Adventure Club, yep. where you kind of either have two people who produce and DJ, or you have like one person who's doing the producing and one person who's doing the DJ and touring. Yeah. Explain to me that dynamic that you guys have like chosen to take in your project it's a long story but originally we both toured together okay and then as time went on we just realized with how busy we were getting on the touring side if we both toured no music would ever get done and you know we still do get together maybe twice three times a year to write together Mm -hmm. and have a good time in the studio yeah but i'm the one doing most of the touring now and then we do festivals together that's amazing because he was at Lost Lands. Yes, he was. Yeah, which which obviously for those big events, you mm-hmm. should definitely both be together. Yeah. Would you say that, like, do you all send projects back and forth? Or is it like um, an uneven balance because you're touring At the, the moment, the way it's working is he, he's working on music all the time and then sending me stuff and I'm giving feedback and awesome. restructuring things here and there and just giving input. Yeah. But I'm so busy touring. No, it's, it's oh four, my God. four days a week and then I get home and I sleep for a day and then a day, you know, talking to management, figuring out what we're doing for the upcoming week, and then the next day you're packing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you have to take that day to, like, rejuvenate mm-hmm. and rest, or you're just, like, going down a very slippery slope Yeah, no, of a it's hill. definitely rough. Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand, not only are you going from a very packed room to, like, a hotel room alone, yeah. where, you know, you're just calling your significant other, you're calling your friend, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, this weird high versus low emotion yeah then sometimes you can't even sleep because your plane is at 5 a.m the next morning yeah yeah, yeah, and it's a lot so are you i know with like airlines now because of like cancellations that have Mm -hmm. happened i've been very lucky with that i haven't had any cancellations that's amazing and do you usually get like the first flight out or are you not going to kill yourself it really depends i i've become nicer to myself the past year i used to do the 5 a.m flights out right after the show but like tomorrow my flight out i think is at 6 p.m oh that's not bad yeah no i I was doing the the 4 a.m flights out for 5 a.m flights out forever it's 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 even it's almost like even worse to close your eyes and sleep for one hour versus like not sleeping at all no it's definitely worse because then you get like almost to that REM cycle and Mm -hmm. it's like never mind your alarm goes off you better make it to the airport no for sure and you're someone who like you do have your tour support but you know you don't have a tm you've got everything really sitting on your shoulders like as far as diy handling Mm -hmm. things would you say that it's definitely a bit more stressful, like handling merch and handling, like you handle oh, your yeah. advancing. No, no. I mean, I have a great uh, manager team that does all that awesome. for me. Awesome. Okay. Um, but a lot of the day of show stuff, my my day-to-day still handles a lot of it, but I'm the one actually physically here in person yeah. having to do the actions. I mean, they're doing all the talking and then go do this. Yes. You know? Yeah. Which and it's still, it works, but 
definitely tiring and stressful. It's like this accountability that's kind of on your shoulders. Yeah, 100%. Where, where there's no one saying like, hey, you've mm -hmm. got time to go, knocking yeah. on your door. And, and that's cool. It definitely takes a certain type of individual, I feel, to do it on your own. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's, it's it's definitely it's rough. rough and you've been you guys have been touring since i met you on the snails tour in 2018 yeah we were touring before that actually too for i think this is year five that's amazing so tell me a bit about your journey as far as how long heim ghost has been around okay heim ghost started six years ago it was just me Okay. But it was like okay. happy, I called it happy trap. It was like marshmallow music. Oh, nice. Okay. And anyways, from that, I put out, I think, three songs. And I got signed to uh, Circle Talent back in the day. Nice. And yep. then me and Tiago were really good friends from video games. And then he ended up coming out to where I lived because we just wanted to work on music together. And we started helping each other so much with each other's projects that at some point we're like, you know, maybe we should just do one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, which one was doing better at the time. So that's how we merged together to become high on ghosts as it is now. Uh, amazing. And yeah. you guys have definitely like taken not only like has your music had a had a forefront of like the dubstep culture and the dubstep yeah. scene really digging into like I think of like Death Rail. I think of mm -hmm. like those early single hits that you had yeah. that just were like massively played by like A tier artists yeah, like, yeah, across sure. the world. Which is mm -hmm. amazing. And then also, you know, it's very rare that I see somebody make like that good caliber quality of like dubstep hits which is hard to mm -hmm. like accomplish yeah and then also have the branding like yes. also which is yes. I know such a huge part yeah no it's a ginormous part and did you guys when you started I know you've gone through like a few like quote-unquote like rebrands where you've had like a yeah. new ghost mm -hmm. and you've had a new x y and z mm -hmm. how did the name come about and then how did that translate into like we're going to have this little, like, Ghostbusters ghost on our shoulder all the, the time. The name came from, there was a video game player that we both really liked. He was a League of Legends streamer. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. Because I originally the project was just called Ghost. But it was, nice. was G-H-S-T. Okay. And then me and Tiago both loved this video game guy named Haim Gosu. And I'm like, fuck yeah. We're just going to Haim Ghost. And then the character is based off my youngest brother, Zephyr. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. had like, the attitude and the personality that's amazing yeah. well it's like it's like a whole story it mm -hmm. reminds me of kind of like those early michael jackson videos where they would have like almost like a short movie mm -hmm. before it would actually go into yeah. the music video mm -hmm. and that's like you've created like a whole world for this ghost we tried yeah we're, yeah we're doing and and you definitely see it and i know like as far as like tiago said am i pronouncing that correctly yeah okay as far as tiago side, like He's super into the visual aspects. Yes. And and do you, do you guys create your visuals yourself? No. no okay. No, no. Um, actually, John Wynn helps a lot with the visual aspects. Oh, nice. Not not like physically doing it. Yes. But he helps both me and Tiago and the team a lot with like the idea making, blah blah blah. But we have a pretty solid team now. We work with uh, Milligram that nice. does all of our three D visuals. Yeah. And then all the blender stuff. All, and, all the yeah. blender stuff, all that, which has really helped bring the ghost more to life in a way yeah. that we wanted it to be. And then he just changed his name. I don't know what his new name is, but the guy that does like all of our artworks uh, used to go by Paranoid. Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen that. New, yeah, that but I, he name. just changed his name. I don't know what it is, but. Oh, that's yeah. it. 
Yeah. Like, he does all of our illustrations, blah, blah, blah. Well, you guys have just always, like, I know you've worked. You don't have an exclusive contract with Disciple, do you? No. So, I know, but I know you've done a lot of releases with them. We didn't and do that many. We did, like, two. Really? Yeah. Yeah, people put us in the Disciple book, which I love all the Disciple guys. I know. I love, but we did Gimmick to Win It, Gimmick to Win It 2. Is that it? Yes. No fucking way. We, I, I think we did a few of the comps. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe it was like. Oh wait, consistent. and we did Game of Ghosts. Okay. So three. So so, so three, and then like maybe a few comps. Yeah. Okay. But, but most of our songs in our group. But is not released. like the other Disciple guys, as far as their releases no, being exclusive. No, no. So then, have you? I know Death Row came out on Slug. Yes. And then, have you all just independently released quite a bit? Yeah, a majority of our songs have been self-released. Like Spooky Rhythm was self-released. Yes. Um, all the songs that got us going were all self-released. Every Halloween. I remember mm-hmm. before I even knew you. Yeah. That would be in that Halloween set. Yeah. I remember like hearing that shit for the first time. I was like, wow, that'd be dope to play on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's always gone like, you've just taken the whole ghost image. Like when you think of you guys, like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think of your face or your yeah. face. I think of the ghost, which, yeah. I, which obviously is what you want. Like no, that's, for sure. that's like the icon. I feel yeah. like especially in electronic dance music now, it's, I use like resin as an example, mm-hmm. kind of like when you think of the name, you see the image. Yeah and, yeah. and that definitely is something that you guys have successfully conquered. Yeah. People love the ghost. I mean, we love the ghost too, but it's been amazing. Like all over the United States, I've seen at least 200 yeah. ghost tattoos easily. That's amazing. It's just crazy. Holy shit. Yeah. How does that feel to be like, hey, like, uh, are they just like, like tattooed on us? It's like the most amazing feeling in the world. And also weird at the same time because it's yeah. this thing that me and Tiago created in a bedroom. And now it's on people's bodies. Yeah. It's awesome. Which is crazy. It's amazing. But is this like the first time that obviously, you know, everybody had shit ruined by COVID, which mm-hmm. just fucking sucked. But is this the first time that you're really seeing a very dedicated fan base on like the forefront of like High and Ghost. No, I feel like we've always done. I'm not trying to like talk myself up, but no, I, no, I feel no. like we've always done decently well. Yeah, like we've always done really well with shows. Yes, like our ticket history has always been really, 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 really good. Yeah. Um, what like, would you like say? Like, what would you credit to that? Because I fan know interaction. like fan interaction, fan okay. interaction, and branding. Yeah. But I mean, I spend. On an average day, probably four to six hours on social media, talking to fans, responding to people, shaking hands at shows, meeting people. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's like, we're super, it's like, we're so lucky to be able to like Mm -hmm. live our passion as a career. Like, it's like almost like a privilege in some sense, but like, there's so much stuff on the back end where, you know, I have a timer on my phone for social media, but it's also part of the job. I should probably do a timer. I, I do. About six hours a day. Yeah, 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 and and the responding and doing all of that is just so important because we're not in this like super stardom genre where I feel like that fourth wall can't be broken down. Mm-hmm. So when you're able to make that personal connection with someone, yeah. it means so much because there's not a lot of artists I would say at your tier mm-hmm. that take the time to do that anymore. No, it's the most important thing because without them, none of us would be doing you anything. Be doing anything. Yeah. And none of us would without a fan base. Yeah. No, and the culture absolutely. behind what bass music is. No, none of us would be here at all. At all. And and it's crazy to see that, like, you did a few shows with Excision this fall. Did quite a few. Or, yeah, right? I don't know how many I did, but I think, I think eight. So were those, I would say, posing the question, were those, like, 
special experiences where you you were able to reflect and say like holy shit the first one yes yeah. i remember the first one i i it was phoenix that might have been the second one but it, was that where it was it was outside it was outside it was, it was like, like 12,000 people yeah there's a lot of people yeah but i remember just sitting there and at the end of the night i was watching excision play and i was going wow I remember being 15, listening to the Shangri-La mix, just going, holy fuck, this is what I want to do with my life. And now I'm on his shows. Yeah. Which was, it's an incredible experience. I had the same thing with, because uh, I've been doing the virtual ride tour as well. Yes. And we did a back-to-back in one of the tour stops. And I was sitting there, because we all get caught up in, you know, what the life is. Yes. And then I was just sitting there doing the back-to-back, and I was like, holy fuck. Well, it's, we're in this industry mm-hmm. where you always have to be thinking like four steps ahead. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do next? Yeah. When's this merch drop going to come? What am I doing to prepare for tour this week? Yeah. And it's not as often as it should be where we're able to take a step back. Yeah. And be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, this is fucking dope. Like, yeah. we're up in that like area that there, it's just such a, I wouldn't say saturated. It's such like a an industry where there are a lot of people aspiring to do what yes, you're doing 100%. right now, like more so than ever. And the, and the resources right. are there more than ever. Like when I talked to Val, it was like him and Willie were just explaining how when they came up, there was nothing. There was, you yeah. had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You had to figure out how to make the sound. You made your own kick drums. You made your own X, Y, Z. And now if I want to sound like Val or if I want to sound like Diplo or if I want to sound like yeah. X, Y, Z, I can just go on YouTube. It's YouTube University. Like it's time yeah, to get you, can just you know every single sound imaginable. So place. it's 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 definitely I would say I don't know. In your opinion, would you say it's it's harder to reach the level you're at now or easier? I have no idea. Yeah. Because I mean, this was my first project. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, I took in a serious manner. Absolutely. Did um, you have other projects before this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One, two, two. Yeah. But it wasn't like a long time, and it wasn't super bass music focused mm-hmm. um i see that super consistently in uh-huh. artists where like you kind of have your when everybody starts like you're obviously not going to be good at it you know you oh, kind of have not. that project where mm-hmm. you pump out those tracks where you're like fuck dude this sounds like a piece of shit mm-hmm. but then once you get to that level where that music is streamable and it's reaching whatever track you're referencing yeah. or x y and z and they start that project. I mean, Peekaboo as well. He did like trap music mm-hmm. and then rebranded and still yep. kept the name, but totally different sound, totally different direction. Yeah, I, re- I remember off. when Peekaboo first like popped off. I was at, I think that first EP he put out. I was at Valhalla. He wasn't playing shows yet, but that EP with the, uh, I forget all the was songs. Was it Wakan? And it was like the one that it was like, the first EP. Pushed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah. The first EP, and every artist in the green room in the back was like, "Hey, have you guys heard that fucking Peekaboo EP?" And I was like. Yes, we have. Because it was crazy. Yeah, was you were so, like, what? yeah, it was so good. And now there's like a trail of artists that like kind of emulate that same that yeah. same sound. Yeah, hundred percent. With you all like existing in, I would say the dubstep space. Mm-hmm. It's very, I would say it's definitely a a long road to creating like your own unique sound. Yes. And what are some like pieces from your experience or like advice that you would give to aspiring producers that are just trying to do their own thing, but they keep sounding like everyone else. Cause I know so many colleagues mm-hmm. that every time they submit a sound, like a song, mm-hmm. they get back. I mean, I've, I've had the same thing said to me, like, this is sick. Mm-hmm. We already have an artist that's making music like this. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a little bit different because I, I'm touring so much that yeah. I listen to so much dubstep. Yeah. 
But since Tiago's not talking, he doesn't listen to our show. So. Yeah. And that was something we learned from uh, Josh, uh, Figure. Because he, no him. one sounds like Figure besides Josh. We have a collab that we just finished. It's and awesome. like, he's just a lovely human. No, I love him. He was one of the first guys that actually we got to like play shows with way, way back when. It was like, we did a few dates with, it's crazy to think about now, but it was Figure, Midnight Tea, Space Laces Us. Holy shit. Yeah. What, that was like 2017? 2016? Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And we were playing tiny little places, like 100 person, 200 person rooms. When you've been in it for that long, and like, same thing I talked to Josh about, he's like, I just implored that I'm still like making a living off this, that it's become as big as it fucking is. Mm -hmm. And so, so what did Josh kind of say to you about like the emulation of sound? Well, he just doesn't listen to anything really. That's dubstep. If you don't, I know it's, if you don't listen to other shit, you can't rip it off. Yeah. Even if it's subconsciously. Yeah. You know, which happens all the time. Which is a, which is hard because I feel like so many people, especially now, Mm -hmm. even in like, I would say my generation of artists, like get into the genre because they love it. Yeah. So it's like, they're consuming all of these like different niche subgenres of bass music, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's like you, you write what you're like inspired by. Like you're definitely... Like, I was speaking to um, a composer. He did the Cuphead show and, like, some SpongeBob stuff the other day. And he was like, you know, like, I am what my inspirations are. Mm -hmm. So it's, I feel like it's definitely good to to listen to other types of music. Oh, 100%. And then also just, like, I say this all the time when I do, like, blog stuff. Like, what's your advice to up-and-coming producers? My advice is always work hard, fuck around, have fun, don't forget why you started. Yeah. That last one, that's yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. I feel like I speak to a lot of artists once they've done, like, a few seasons of touring, mm-hmm. and they're like, fuck, dude, this is rough. Like, Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it, we're beyond blessed to be able to do what we do and yes. make the living that we do, do what we love, but it is definitely far more taxing than I think most people understand. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and it's just crazy to see that that, you know, so many people think, like, I've even seen comments about you all where it's like, where did they come from? Like, oh, they just popped out out of nowhere. And it takes, like, five to ten years to get to that point where yeah. you're, I would say, nationally recognized as mm-hmm. X artist in X genre. Yeah. When did you guys take the step into touring? And did you all have, like, day jobs until a certain point? No. Well, no, we did before we started. When we decided to, like, do High Goes For Real. We just said, fuck it. Yeah. And worked our asses off and ate shitty food for maybe, maybe six months, eight yeah. months. Yeah. Remember, that's during that time, we worked hard. We worked way, like, not trying to discredit us now, but we worked way fucking harder back then than we do now. It was different. You worked like, seven days a week, like, yeah, 12 like 18 to hours. Days. No, we were like 18 hours a day. Oh, shit. Within that first six months, we. we You're so motivated. Oh, yeah. We wrote two years worth of music and planned out two years worth of, like, content. And then for social media back then, we were doing, it was awful. We were doing three unique Facebook posts a day, three unique Instagram posts a day. Boy, that's a lot. Oh, it was not fun. That's a shit ton. It was a shit ton. Was it just because, like, this was, like, before I was around? Was the algorithm just different? And it just wanted you to post? No, we had no idea. just, like, we let me fucking I mean, get out there? Not that we don't know what we're doing still, but we just do it. Hope well, it works. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's data behind stuff and, and all that now. And we have management that directs us, but we still just do what we want to do. 
as he should. I mean, I feel like so much of it, I, I feel like now, especially in the age of social media, people are just super afraid to fail. And yeah. they're afraid to, like what you all did, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, see what works, see what doesn't work, yeah. and be able to like go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. Because so much of doing that, like paired with failure, is going to like make you grow at like exponential rates. 100%, 100%. And also having a team that knows what the fuck they're doing on the side of like Facebook Business Manager and like looking yeah, at all of your analytics. Oh, manager. I literally was just about to say that because it's a headache. I feel like every time you go on there, it changes. And it's oh, like, yeah. With the, one of the guys on our team that does most of that, he was like trying to show it to me. And even he was like, fuck, it changed since last week. He's like, he's like, give me a minute. I got to find it where yeah. it is now. That's just crazy. And, and, have you all been working with the same management for the duration of your career? Yes. That's so we've been with Jake Barnett. Um, He's a shit. He is. I love Jake. He was our first manager and we were also like his first client that started touring and doing all that type of shit. Mm -hmm. And it's been crazy to see all of us grow up. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a total of four people on the management team now. Um, Jake Barnett, Megan, who's our wonderful day-to-day -day and she does awesome. so much and then Parker Bronson and uh, Parker's cool too Parker's a great guy yeah. and then uh, Nathan Navarro who's none of what we do could be possible without each one of those people it's it's so important to have the right team 100% yeah you know and I feel like it's kind of like a it's a relationship you know what I'm saying yeah. like it's definitely like these people become some of the closest people in your life yeah and we work in an industry that is 24-7, pretty much. And yeah, no, I mean, that's definitely the thing. I was talking to a bunch of people about it. I was like, the older I'm getting, especially the more busier I'm getting now, I'm trying to find ways to relax. Because, like, I wake up 7 a.m., and the first thing I do is go, oh, fuck, I got to do this, 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 this. Because I use, like, a, I use this app called Todoist to plan all my stuff for mm -hmm. myself. I tried a bunch of other things. So Doist is the easiest for me. Yeah. You have an agenda. Yeah. Yeah. So I wake up. It's all. I schedule it out every Sunday for the week. Yeah. And then I have like a monthly one. We have a yearly one too. There's a lot of shit that we do. Well, Everything's you know, planned so far ahead now. with your team, you want to have that six month. Mm -hmm. You want to have that year plan. Yeah. And especially with releases now, God, I'm going through some shit that's like running my head against a wall because it's like you need like almost three months. Before yeah. a release to do it like properly. Yeah, because we're, we're, we're completely done with music for this year. Yeah. yeah. Completely done. So now we're we starting to put out like two EPs. Yeah. You yeah. know? We, we're putting out more music this year than we put out, I think, in the past three or four. Next year, we're slowing down. Yeah. 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 Now that we're done for the music for this year, the plan is to like really take some time and write some stuff where we could really experiment and have fun and fuck around and see what we can do. Um, yeah, you have even, to do that. Yeah, we're even putting out shit this year that's way different. We'll see how the fans like it. We're putting out a decent amount of melodic music. I love it. Yeah, yeah I'm all for it. All for it. 100%. Yeah. Would you say, like, more melodic, like, Alenium Caveon, or, like, more melodic, like, color-based chime? Neither. Neither. I'll show it to you. Okay, I, I'm excited. I don't know what it's like. I'm excited. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm all about the melodic wave. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw that shit blow up in COVID. The color base, the popcorn. Yeah. You know, yeah, we sure. really come to the forefront, like the Rushdown label mm -hmm. and all that stuff. That was really exciting to see, like Ace Aura, like all those guys. I love Ace. Yeah. yeah. Sean's a great guy. Yeah. I was actually just telling somebody. It was crazy. So years ago, have you ever played Green Elephant in Dallas? I actually am playing there in July. Okay, yeah, awesome. So it's, a, it's an awesome, awesome venue. Yeah. We were playing the Green Elephant 
years ago. Okay. Anyways, we were bad DJs. We didn't have enough songs. <laughs> um, so we got on the mic. And we're like, hey, anyone want to DJ? Ace Horror came up. Way before. Oh, my God. And that's, that's where we met him. Yeah, that's how we met him years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I want to DJ. I'm here. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm here. I got a USB. And we're like, awesome. That's amazing. I mean, that goes to show you kind of always be prepared. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like now where you're in these small venues and you're in such like close corners, I feel like half the attendees at shows are making music. So, yeah. so it's like, it's kind of like always be there, like have an open mind. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to see the growth of even like venues like that, like promotion companies. Oh, like, yeah, I sure. even look at like Lost Lands com- first year compared to this past year. Yeah, I went the first year, and I, I didn't go to any other ones, and then I went to this one, I was like, wow, this shit got worked way fucking bigger. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely insane. And it's amazing, like, what him and his team are able to do and accomplish. It's pretty fucking crazy. No, it's amazing, and it's all because of the community yes. behind it all. Yeah. Which, you know... If, if the community wasn't there... The community. Yep, and, and that's why it's so important, and it's, like, definitely, like, running to home plate with that focus on your fan relation and mm-hmm. responding back to them and being appreciative because you're right they're not there no one's there and it's no, also yeah. it's like you know there's so many i feel like djs that don't have like hard ticket history behind them mm-hmm. and they just kind of like go and play shows and it's like to build that relationship that's like should be the number one and yeah. on your tour now you're doing your house set to open yes yeah tell yeah. me about that it's just for fun just i literally fun. i start i start every night i got the mic and it's like hey guys I'm usually high on ghosts, but now I'm high on house. I'm just going to play some music I like to listen to. Have fun. Bye. And then I just sit there for an hour. And Top three house artists that you like playing in your sets. Oh, in the sets? In the sets. Uh, Joyride, Chris Lake, um, Richard. That's so much fun. So yeah. it's kind of like that grime, bass, housey mix with some tech. Mm-hmm. Feels that's no that's fire and maybe you know maybe down the line we get some fine house music. we could yeah we've done a few house songs we've released a few house songs yeah yeah way back when though that'd be cool yeah. to like revamp it and kind no, of do your awesome. own yeah. thing it could be super fun. there's there's a lot of bass acts that are doing that right now where they're yeah. like working on just another like lane because I feel like too like I was talking to somebody the other day about kind of feeling like artistically fulfilled mm-hmm. and when you have to make the same type of music, like, do you ever, like, do you ever talk to Tiago and he's like, I, I'm like bored of making the same fucking shit. Yeah. I feel like everyone gets like that. Yeah. No matter what genre it is. Yeah. It's, I guess it's just like finding different ways, whether it's ghosting or creating music for somebody else. Yeah. I'm just taking breaks. Yeah. You know, I don't think enough people on the scene give themselves breaks because it is just such a rat race. Well, you can burn out, but the second mm-hmm. you, but the second you like walk away, I was talking to, not talking to, I saw Drezzo tweet the other day and he's like, I think he had something going on with his health or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, one year out of the scene, you've lost everything. And, and it's like, it's crazy to see from like somebody of that caliber of an artist yeah. to like come out and say some shit like that. Cause you're yeah. Like, oh, shit. yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's definitely a 24 seven job that. Keep on going, keep on going. Would you say being on stage is your favorite thing? Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. I don't get nervous at all anymore. Yeah. I still get nervous at really tiny shows. Because it's like this intimate... Yeah, I haven't done tiny shows in quite a while, but uh, a few weeks ago I did, like, I opened the high house super early. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm nervous, nervous in my life. I'm like, I've been in front of thousands and thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. like, these 
20 people looking me dead in my eyes right now, I want to die. Really? Mm-hmm. I know. It's kind of like being in a room with all your friends versus being in a room with, like, thousands of people that are all strangers. Yeah. And you're like, you kind of just go up to your thing mm-hmm. where, like, you have that personal connection early on and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, what's yeah, up? I, I, <laughs> Hello. Yeah. I hope you enjoy what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No, that's 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 fucking awesome. Um, You have sound checks, so you have to go. I do have to go. But before you go, I know you already kind of, like, put out those little pieces of advice that mm-hmm. I'll make sure to focus on. I want to hear your, like, craziest tour story. Like, a moment where you were like, holy shit, this is crazy. Whether it's good or bad. No, Not see. naming names. <laughs> if it is bad. Like, like a crazy moment where you're just like, wow, this is fucking insane. Oh, I got lost at Lost Lines this year for quite a while. That was great. What? Mm-hmm. I was drinking those uh, Monaco things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was doing half Monaco. I'm bad with a shot of tequila, a shot of vodka. And the rest were Red Bull. So we had like a Jumbo Juice kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, apparently one of the days I had about 30 of those. Oh my God. And then I was behind one of the stages and I just, I kept on walking. I was like, where the fuck am I going? And then it got to the point where I could hear more bugs than music. Yep. I was gone for about an hour and a half trying to find my way back. I think I was walking with Carmen, DJ mm-hmm. right? And I think, I think Willie. And we were walking along that like. From where the Disciple Takeover was, mm-hmm. like, back to that alley where you got back to the artist area. Yeah, that's where I got lost. Yeah. I, I went some wrong way and ended up in the forest. We were like, a horror movie could be filmed mm-hmm. right here. Like, right right here, just yeah. off off the festival grounds. No, I, I love it. It's just kind of like you have those personal experiences. Sometimes you're like, holy shit. But the late nights at Lost Lands got insane. They did. They did. It yeah. was a great time. Everybody was in onesies. Like, everybody was just, like, yeah, fucking it was, killing it. It was such a great time. But, yeah, I got to go to sound check. Yeah. But before I go, be good. Support your friends. Put your friends on. I want to shout out Wid, Jiqui, Heritage, Wales. I love all those guys. Boys. Keep doing your thing. And everyone, keep being yourself. Gang, gang. Thank you, guys. See ya. Bye.